The real menace is making yourself watch the show. It's WatchBots! Welcome to WatchBots, the podcast where you're thinking, like, what are we doing on this big blue marble? And why are we spending it doing this? This is Ben. And I switched out my usual 9 p.m. coffee for a beer for this one. Necessary. Tough, tough times. I'm here with Shailen. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and we're here with Dave. Engaging as always, Shailen. <laughs> <laughs> Classic charisma. Glad to be here, Ben. I can leave and go drink by myself somewhere if you guys just want to do this tonight. It's fine. No, there okay. is no escape. There's no easy way out. There's no easy way out. I'm in a good mood this week because I didn't know if they could do it. But I'm happy to report that Bill and Ted did it. They did it. They did it. What'd they do? It was a good movie. Bill and Ted faced the music. The new... The, the end of the trilogy that you didn't know was coming, even though they've been talking about it for <laughs> over a decade. It was a good movie. It I laughed. I cried. Mm-hmm. In the huh. right ways. It you was, cried? Yeah. You were with me. Right, we can't get it, we're not going to get to spoiler territory. What, when Station died? <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, no, it, I don't like soft reboots i don't like Mm -hmm. when they add like the next generation into an already existing entity Mm -hmm. i don't like it when so much time passes between the last one and the new one that they have to like recast or replace in some way because people have died sure i really liked this movie now it could be because it's the first new movie in like i don't know 14 years but it it was funny it hit the right notes it called back to the other movies in a way that I can appreciate. Like there were certain things I was wondering about, like would they pick this up from Bogus Journey? And then they did. And I will even say the sort of new generation, the daughters were fine. I thought Ted's daughter was a very good new Ted. Yeah. Bill's daughter certainly was in the movie. Um, (laughs) She she was cute. (laughs) Found out later that... So she's an Australian actress, and she is the niece of Hugo, Hugo Weaving. Weaving. Yes. Right. Samara. Right. Samara Weaving. And yes. w- was cast when Keanu Reeves realized that he had worked with her uncle on the Matrix movie. So, so She in, really it, earned it, and t- it showed. <laughs> take that from, from what you will. But she didn't drag the movie down. But it's good. It's worth checking out. Yeah. I bought the three-pack on iTunes of all three movies, so we oh, can nice. watch them at our leisure in glorious 4K. I don't know if you realize this, but I got up at two o'clock this morning and watched all three of them back to back to Glorious back. Glorious 4K. Did you? No. Oh. <laughs> could have. They're all, they're all like you an hour have. and a half long. Even this new movie was like an hour 40. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. So the, <laughs> A plus. That, 
Yeah, that's that's nice. Like a nice crisp movie. Mm-hmm. It was a unique experience to our times in that there was no moment where I went, oh my God, there's still an hour and a half left of this. Like that never happened. Mm-hmm. It didn't have lulls or a horribly drawn out dramatic arc with him montage. There was a point in like the early 2000s, 2010s, Judd Apatow movies, which I, I love, like 40-Year-Old Virgin is hilarious. Knocked Up was really funny. But then in the middle of those movies are just like 20-minute montages Yep, that are just sad and depressing. And then, you know, and then they reach the climax and it's fine. But the movies just started to become that 20-minute montage just became the Apatow movies. The Adam Sandler movie was... I don't even remember what it was. But funny Eric people Bana. and it fucking funny people, sucked. Yeah. Jesus movie Christ. <laughs> it was so, like, just, it's a comedy. Keep it 90 minutes. It's fine. It's okay. You don't have to go two hours long. Oh, An irony for us, but uh, <laughs> I like that. We're different. We have a 30-minute cartoon to discuss over eight hours. In depth. I like that you talked about liking Judd Apatow movies and then named the two good ones because immediately I thought of funny people and thought, yeah, that movie was horseshit. <laughs> that movie sucked. Too long. I don't like it. I didn't see it. I have no opinion. But do go out, folks. Check out that new Bill and Ted movie. Do it. I have read since watching it that somehow digitally renting it versus buying it is better for like the writers and the cast for residuals. I don't know that that's true. I haven't fact-checked it, but hmm. maybe digitally rent it. It's like $5 difference. I didn't do that because I'm apparently a bad person, but... Yes, you are. What are you going to do? Now, before we get into this week's show, we do have to talk about director's cuts a little bit here. As we've discussed, Sylvester Stallone is doing the director's cut of Rocky IV. And <laughs> I, 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 I this is why. bad news. Bad news. He mentioned on Instagram this week that one of the changes is he's removing one of the most beloved and iconic characters from the movie... And that is Polly's robot. He's taking the robot. Out? Taking, he's taking the robot out of the movie. So Nixing is... the whole thing. <laughs> Why? What, what are we doing? What, what are we what? doing? This. Yeah, we got to make it a little more serious. <laughs> like, well, well, I don't get it. Like, is his what? plan to make it a forty-minute movie? It's pretty short as it is. So That's potentially, why I said forty. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's more of a vignette. I read. One of the one fight scene montage. Well, one of the other changes that they're going to make, right? So you guys remember the end of the movie where fuck change and you can change because he knocks out Drago and he brings he brings the Russia and America together. Yeah, and he like turns Russia into to capitalists. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're going to change the ending where Rocky takes a dive because Drago's wife has like a piss tape hanging over him. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he has to like (laughs) take a dive and then. Checks out. Yeah. And, yeah. and then he's elected president. Yeah. It, it, like, it, it takes a weird turn. Like, it retcons out Rocky yeah. Five, which maybe is not the worst thing in the world, but <laughs> I don't know. I, like, it's fine. Superman 2 and the director's cut really ruined things for us for the rest of our lives. Yep. Still waiting for that sh- Schumacher cut. Batman <laughs> Forever. That's right. It's I want to see. The director's cut of famed family film Far Away Home. Where is that? <laughs> what is that one? Far Away Home. Uh, Anna Paquin and Jeff Daniels. That's called Fly Away Home. Ah, damn it. Well, in the director's cut is called Far Away Home because they're in Australia. And it's kind of a mix of. <laughs> yeah, um, it's like super far. Yeah. 
having yeah. seen Fly Away Home roughly nine thousand uh-huh. times. What what is that, that movie one about? Like she flies with geese. So the geese. Yeah. <laughs> she turns. She's like half goose. Her mom was a goose. Right. 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 The goose. And her father was Jeff Daniels. Right, because Jeff Daniels fought the goose. The goose gaggle leader. <laughs> Her name was Juice Daniels. Got hashtag Goose Gaggle leader. Yeah, Goose Gaggle leader. Um, <laughs> got wrecked somehow, and so they sure. they she became like their mom. Basically, uh, excuse me, wrecked R E K T. Yes, that's that okay. correct. Okay, um, online troll. And so they made the little flying lawnmower thing so that she could teach the birds how to right. get to right. like how to migrate properly. After her, and then mom she became the goose gaggle leader. That's correct. Yeah, yes, yeah. you inherit that when you murder the previous goose gaggle leader. Goose Gagalito was my favorite Power Rangers villain as well. Mm. For what it's worth, and that's where Ryan Gosling came from. Yes, gotcha. Okay, mm. he hatched from one of the eggs. Anna Paquin is his mom. I see. What's that guy been up to lately? Is he in any Marvel movies? No. Nah, I don't fucking care about him then. He, uh, I don't care about Marvel movies. Played Neil Armstrong in an astronaut movie. Uh, like a Maybe. Marvel astronaut movie? No. No, no, no. <laughs> Until you're in the NCU. Get the fuck out of my sight. <laughs> That's what I say. Sad news in the Marvel universe this year. This week? This year. This What's week. Oh? Uh, Black Panther died. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> what, I was like, if... the new mutants was... <laughs> oh, oh. It was right, not well right. received? Yeah. Yeah. That really thanks, Captain Bumout. That really messed up my week. Um, super sad. Brilliant actor. Nice, mm-hmm. nice person by all accounts. And get your fucking colon checked. It's true. That's the moral of the story. If your poop starts coming out of your butt in the shape of a pencil, skinny, or you have to strain, or there's blood, go to the fucking doctor. I'm caring. Check about your the pooper. World. Hashtag d- d- dig around in that shitter. No, you don't have to <laughs> dig around in it. Yeah, what's wrong with you? It's a sad moment. I'm trying to bring levity. On a high note, jabroni is going to officially be in the dictionary next year. So you're welcome. That's right, Jay. <laughs> I hate you so <laughs> That's much. That's cold, Jay. <laughs> you said is you wanted levity. I found you levity. Yeah. Now, do you think it's because of the rock or the iron cheek? I know for sure it is because of both. Right. We're, we're still on for time here, guys. We have an important mission to get to, and that yes, is... We do. God help us all. We're talking about Dennis the Menace. Yeah. Or, as I keep saying, I keep, in my head, it's Dentist the Mentist. And like, I'm not doing a bit. Like, I just, I'm making that weird association. I don't know what a mentist is. It's not a thing. I don't know why I'm thinking about it. You're crazy. It's probably like. I think it's Dentalist the Mentalist. Could be. Like, my yeah. mind trying to shield itself here. Crentist. So, Dave, you have brought this, uh, this thing that exists to us, and I want to know why. Well, you know, we we had such a good run with Shira and Batman. I said, you know what? We got to pump the brakes and we got to discuss something like truly just plain as vanilla, watching paint dry. Like <laughs> we got to we got to watch this this Dennis the Menace show. I picked this because I watched this a lot as a kid and uh a lot of it stuck with me. A lot of resonated with me like Dennis goes into a lot of fantasy worlds. At some point he's a knight and another point, he's he goes to like this underwater world. He like finds Atlantis, you know. In the opening credits, he's surfing a shark. But most of the shows, as you've seen, are just him walking around the house, or being a walking menace around Venice and being yeah. a menace. I don't know why the show resonated with me when I was a little kid. I, maybe it's 
maybe you can categorize it into that fantastic max mm-hmm. you know bucket where it's a little kid causing mischief saving the day or fucking the day up i don't know maybe you can or you picked the 2.0 <laughs> just checking i don't know the, the, i don't know what would be the 2.0 would you guys consider yourself menaces were you menaces as children are you menaces now i was terrified of fucking up to the point where i would ask if i could have a glass of water so not yes usually what a fucking menace behavior that is one time i poked a hole in the top of hold um, wait is this going to get you arrested no okay proceed um my mom had made chicken stock and put it in the fridge and you know how the fat floats to the top Mm -hmm. i poked the top because i didn't know what it was and I ended up being grounded for not fessing up to it for five You're days. You're a menace! You're a menace! Similarly, in the grocery store, when I was a kid, I liked to slap raw meat. <laughs> like, you know, like they, <laughs> it's in the styrofoam package, and they plastic it up. It's just so satisfying to like smack the shit out of like a chicken thigh. And that's how I learned to make love. Gross. <laughs> I, I was not a menace. Um, like Chalen, I was like terrified to move, act like anything I did would get me grounded. I got a B in science. It was like sixth grade science. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was beyond watching Dennis a Menace at this point, but like straight A's up until sixth grade and I got a B in science. My mother grounded me for two weeks. Like, it's like, like kids are getting C's. I don't care. You should have got an A, but I'm bad at science. No, you aren't. Okay, all right. Getting a B is menace behavior. It is total menace. So no, I, w- I was I was not a menace. I was just a quiet kid who sat in front of the TV and watched shitty cartoons. Mm. Mm. As for me, lazy, yes. A slob, yes. A menace, heavens no. I was a good boy. Bunch of nerds we are. Until I became a teenager. You weren't trampling on your. Petunias or flower beds. No, I mean, I lived in the city. We didn't have flowers. We only had the, the concrete jungle. So, <laughs> Real city boy. Yeah. How often did yeah. you spray your neighbors with hoses? Hmm. Is that like a, like a pee joke? No. In which case, often. If you're talking regular hose, minimally. Okay. Yeah. So Dennis the Menace is what I will refer to as like a little shit property. Think about like Heathcliff is the same way, just like this irascible rascal carrying around a slingshot. We got Dennis Mitchell. We got his parents, his weird cast of friends. You got Mr. Wilson. This form was really perfected in the Problem Child film series, but maybe it really started with Dennis the Menace. And there's this weird story. It goes off in a lot of directions, so it may seem like we're just talking about random shit here, but we'll get to the point. So the comic strip was started by a guy named Hank Ketchum, right? And he was Ash's brother. That's correct. Yeah, Ketchum all. And it was based off of his son named... Dentist. Angus. No, Dennis. Uh, Angus the Mangus. Dennis Ketchum was running around in his room as a four-year-old playing with poopy underwear. And his wife was like, he's such a menace. And old Hank, he started doodling around... And he came up with Dennis the Menace. I am horrified that this has like actual roots in a thing that happened. Oh, well, the, the thing is about old Dennis Ketchum, not a great relationship with his father. Shocking. <laughs> uh, 
Nope, they were estranged for a long time. Dennis went to Vietnam, came back with PTSD. He would contact his father looking for money. So I don't know if that's menace behavior, but uh, that's really sad. That's Cast like, a bit of a pall over this whole thing. I guess it's like he was there. menaced. You, could be. you thought I brought it down. Mm-hmm. I'm, t- I'm telling the story of what we're doing. You're bringing it in weird directions. So the strip came out on March 12th, 1951, right? I wish I knew what was going on back. <laughs> I'll tell sorry. you what else was going on that day. <laughs> Another strip in the UK also called Dennis the Menace premiered that day. Yes. Two different Dennis the Menaces yes. coming out in comics on two sides of the ocean. What the fuck? Really? There were no good ideas even in 1951. Good to know. This strip still exists to this day. This is incredible. So Hank Ketchup did the strip by himself for 35 years. And then he gave up the Sunday strip to one of his assistants. And then when he died in 2001, one of his other assistants came on board. Wait, wait, wait. Why do you need an assistant? You're drawing like a single panel comic. And writing a shitty Which is, again, caption. like one step above Heathcliff. Or equal to Heathcliff, really. I would say equal. Yeah. Equal. Yeah, but like, what, what's the assistant for? Baby, you're in rolling a- in that syndicated newspaper money. You get an assistant. Do you think <laughs> up until it was necessary, the assistants were allowed to like draw and paint? Or do you think that they were strictly there to be I like, they were you painting. mow my lawn, you take a note? Mm-hmm. Listeners, we want to hear from you. What would you use an assistant for? Hashtag, uh, please don't be creepy. So in 2010, his non-Dennis son came in, and now like the three of them are this weird holy trinity of Dennis the Menace. This comic strip still exists to this day. I'm going to talk about this a lot. I don't understand how this property exists in so many forms. I don't understand who it talks to. It's not 1950. Right. <laughs> but it's fine. Yeah, it's and fine. even in the 80s and in the 90s when the movie came out. Yeah. It seems outdated, like the even yeah. the dad's clothes, the mom's mm-hmm. clothes, like the perfect sort of like 1950s dream town USA that they live in. Like it just it doesn't match up with the 80s at all or the 90s at all. It's it's already dated by the time the that stuff right. comes out. Yeah, yeah, and I think <laughs> this sort of sums up the whole Dennis the Menace experience. So Dennis was the spokestune for Dairy Queen starting in 1971. Dairy Queen moved in a different direction in 2001 when, and I quote, kids could no longer relate to the character. Because, <laughs> like, that character <laughs> came in the 30 50s. Years. Yeah. I don't know how in, like, the 80s people were relating to that character. Well, it was. I love my red overalls. As we will talk about a little bit here, Dennis the Menace and its properties had a little, little problem with uh, different cultures. A little. Hank Ketchum tried to introduce a character in the 70s named Jackson. So this was a black character. And Dennis said that he had a race problem because Jackson could run faster than Dennis. Whoa. Yikes. (laughs) That led to looting and newspaper thefts. And that character was quickly retired. Wow. So 15 years later, the outstanding depiction of Italians and uh, just a brutal, brutal Native American joke. It all kind of ties together. But we're not here to talk about the comic strip. We're also not here to talk about the movies and the live action show, but I'm going to do that first. So (laughs) where I was introduced to Dennis the Menace was really with the live action show because it played on Nick at Night constantly. So that came out in 59, was on the air for four seasons, and it was canceled when the kid aged out of the role. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah. But it feels like that 50s show 
where Mr. Wilson died and like the the actor, not the character, and was replaced by a new Mr. Wilson who is his brother. That is sort of the platonic ideal of Dennis the Menace. Kid in overalls, a striped shirt, kind of a shit, only white people everywhere, you know, causing problems, but nothing too serious. Sure, sure. It's like the lazy man's version of Leave it to Beaver mm-hmm. and less cute. It's so much less cute than Leave it to Beaver. Right, where like the, the Eddie Haskell character isn't just isn't the supporting character. Now he's the main character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And continuing with live action, in the 90s, where like every property was getting a movie, there was a Leave it to Beaver movie. There was a Happy Days movie, maybe. We had a Dennis the Menace movie. And this had Walter Matthau as Mr. Wilson. Expertly cast. Not yeah. a bad casting. You had Dennis, who was Mason Gamble, who is currently a marine biologist, and you had Christopher Lloyd as like a thief or Switch something. Switchblade Sam. <laughs> is that his character? Well, that is his character's name. <laughs> He's horrifying. Is he? I, I can't recall anything about that movie other than I think he camps with Christopher Lloyd. Yes. Yeah, so he gets um either Christopher Lloyd's character kidnaps him. So he plays like a, a like a hobo mm-hmm. that sort of like travels into the town and he's very unwanted and he looks, you know, he's like all disheveled and unwashed and everything. So he looks like he doesn't belong at all. And he's trying to steal something. Mm-hmm. Um, he either on purpose or accidentally takes Dennis and he finds him in his trunk or something later. And he, um, so he, he kidnaps him, ties him up. And then, of course, Dennis uses his menacing ways to mm-hmm. to get out of the scenario. But it is terrifying. He has a switchblade that he's, like, threatening to cut him. And he's going to, like, strangle him at the end. It's very, very weird. Tonally not very good for a uh, kid's movie. Did you ever have one of those switchblade combs? You got them from, like, Chuck E. Cheese. No, but I knew someone who did, and I thought it was really cool. You were a real bad boy. Did you ever switchblade comb, Dave? Uh, no, no. I had a pocket watch. Does that count? Is that, oh, yeah. Just is that as close? cool. Yeah. I had cool a switchblade comb. Uh, it led to my first 26 dates. Because <laughs> I, like, I, I would carry it around and I would have like my t-shirt rolled up and people would be like, oh, are those smokes? And it would be like a pack of baseball cards. Yeah. Yeah. That's just how yeah. I lived. Like, you pull out a stick of bubble edge. gum, you comb your hair back, and you go, hey. Yeah. That's, Foxy mama. That's the way I lived. So. Yeah. That was the first movie. <laughs> Not a huge critical or commercial success. Followed up five Wait, years Wait, the later. movie? Right. No, it was huge. It made like $123 <laughs> million. Oh, did it? Yeah. Yeah. Very like big. Peanuts in this world. also up against Jurassic Park for a while. Um, Jurassic Park obviously might beat it, but- um, More like Dino's yeah. The Menace. Yeah. The sequel came in 1998, direct-to-video, where- Dennis was played by a guy who is now, he's the producer on the overnight Fox Sports radio show, the two to six slot. That's 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. slot. And Mr. Wilson was played by famed insult comic Don Rickles. Are you serious? I am. There was a third live action movie, A Dennis the Menace Christmas, where Mr. Wilson is now played by famed tough guy Robert Wagner. That's right. Robert Wagner is Mr. Wilson. Strange progression to that character. Number two from Austin Powers. Exactly. Yes. Huh. But we're talking about the cartoon. It took us a while to get there. This is such menace behavior that we're showing right now, right? Like, we're such menaces. But this fucking cartoon. boys. This cartoon came to be in 1986. There was an animated special called May Day for Mother in 1981 that I assume is some sort of weird snuff film. But this... (laughs) 
standalone syndicated cartoon, 1986. It's a Deke production. Deke. But the sponsor was General Mills, so the cereal company. Somehow, General Mills also owned the copyright on the license and the IP, which is weird. (laughs) I feel like cereal companies used to do that a lot. I guess. I mean, you know, we've talked before, I think... The American Greetings Company, which is the greeting card company, owns the the copyright and the creation on like strawberry shortcakes. Yeah. I, it's Care not heard of. I think yeah. Care Bears. Yeah, American copyright law is a fucking mess. Understatement. When you live in a country where you can send yourself a letter in the mail and that counts as registering a trademark, I don't know. Just know that someone is going to owe me a lot of money if either of you are ever cast as Mr. Wilson in a future movie. That's, that's probably my true. idea. <laughs> so this show. Boy, oh boy, we'll, we'll talk about it. But a couple of the, the voice talents here. So Dennis was voiced by Brennan Thicke, who is the non-singing son of deceased Canadian legend Alan Thicke, which is fucking crazy. It's crazy. There's no nepotism in Hollywood, Ben. No. no. How do you get that role? On his own merits. I guess He's a so. great Dennis. To be fair, there are worse shitty children that have voiced characters in cartoons. Name three. Go. Okay, so maybe there aren't. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nail to the wall. There could be worse. A lot of doubling and tripling up. So season one had Phil Hartman as a regular playing Dennis's dad. And then he would sort of, he would be rough the dog. And then he would eat a bag of marshmallows and he would be Mr. Wilson. As yes, we'll talk about here. He moved on. Maurice LaMarche took on in season two all three of those roles. So <laughs> you plug one in with another. Phil Hartman had been cast on Saturday Night Live in 86. In 85, he had done Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Mm-hmm. He already had some chops. I think he was in the Groundlings, too. Yeah. So, yeah, this Dennis the Menace thing, just sort of like some, some pocket change for him. Put his career into overdrive, I would mm-hmm, say. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of the interview with Harrison Ford where someone I can't remember who it was asked him like why do you keep taking these shitty movie jobs like you're, you're in all Girls these me money. like you're a legend and he's like I have to eat <laughs> like, I've gotta eat kid I gotta fly my plane and crash three times a year <laughs> womp womp sorry Harrison keep Ford keep surviving those plane crashes though it's insane yeah. I'm already working around the clock he flies low <laughs> yeah he does you know what I'm saying so structure of this is every episode is split up into threes. So we've seen, you know, Garfield and Friends had two segments. Tiny Toons had like 27. This is three. I think this might be a new one for us. But it's interesting because the way they set it up is that all three segments fucking suck, right? Right. (laughs) So that's the way they break it up is the first one fucking sucks. Yeah. And the second one is long and it fucking sucks. And the third one fucking sucks. And it's six minutes of suck, nine minutes of suck, and again, then six minutes of suck. That's right. Yeah. Those last six minutes, man. They're Ooh, a real killer. Rough stuff. Oof. So this show ran for two seasons, 76 episodes. Somehow, in 1993, there was another fucking Dennis the Menace cartoon. I don't understand it. I don't know. Now, that was the last adaptation, well, aside from the movie, so maybe I shouldn't be so upset by it, but it's like, this property, I don't get it. This asshole drew like a kid with a cowlick with a fucking slingshot who was racist. He fucking is making bank for 70 years. I'm out here. I'm toiling on the street, baby. 
because many white people love the all-American white kid with mm-hmm. blonde hair and the overalls. Here's a question. Being That's racist. Right. Here's a question. Uh, not, no, 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 I'm not. I was about to say, just like me. And then <laughs> said that last part. What are the odds uh-huh. that every single character of the adult variety in Dennis the Menace uh-huh. is a MAGA? Oh. I'm going with 300%. No. Oh, I'll tell you know. the reason why I don't think that. Okay. They travel outside of the United States. It's true. In in a segment. That's the nice thing about this episode is it really let me live vicariously because God knows I can't leave the country right now. <laughs> yeah, I felt like I was back. going to Europe in that middle section. It was great. What part of Europe? It doesn't really matter. All European culture is the same, according <laughs> to this according cartoon. According to this show. Yeah. So the episode was split up into three parts here. So we had Door to Door Boar, which is about right. Dennis in Venice and young Sherlock Dennis. One little note here that I did appreciate. The lovely person on YouTube who uploaded all these episodes. <laughs> in the title, they put Denise in Venice. <laughs> and I was like, is Denise a character? But no, they just, they misspelled Dennis. So I, I don't know. Eh, people, they, they just like us, YouTube uploaders. We're all the same. So it's tough to tell when this show aired. I'm kind of spitballing September 1st, 1987, give or take, you know some amount of weeks. I sure do wish I knew what was going on. Ooh, what were we seeing? It's contextual feeling. I should mention here too, this is one of those shows where I can't really find who wrote each segment. The show Dennis the Menace had 48 credited writers. Yes. And I don't think that they all, I don't think they all wrote on every segment, but everybody wrote one word at a time and that's how they got the plot. I would actually kind of believe that with how some of this dialogue (laughs) flows together. But anyway, so top movies on September 1st, 1987. Number one, Stakeout. The Richard Dreyfuss, Emilio Estevez, buddy comedy drama about a stakeout. Oh, you love that movie. That that movie I've definitely heard of before. Oh, really? See, that movie, that is one the critics liked. It made a lot of money. They made a sequel six years later. Same cast? Yep. Do you know yes. what they called it? But stakeout 2. Another Stakeout. Another Stakeout. Yes. <laughs> they went the 48 hours. And I think, I think Rosie O'Donnell was in it? Yes. Yes. Rosie O'Donnell was in the sequel. Uh, that one, not as well received. Shocker. Go figure. Number two movie. No Way Out, which is not an erotic thriller that I could see, but it is a legal thriller starring Kevin Costner and Sean Young. Hmm. So it has to have some eroticism in it. Probably. I mean, Sean Young and Kevin Costner are both very erotic, so I think that's quite possible. Super steamy. This was before Sean Young went insane trying to get like the Catwoman role by a few years. I don't even know who Sean Young is. She is also the uh, one of the detectives in Ace Ventura, um. the first one. Okay. I oh, she's believe. in fact Ray Finkel. Yeah. 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 God, okay. Boy, and I seen she's, that movie uh, she's Rachel and Blade Runner. Some people would have said Blade Runner right off the top, but not me. <laughs> not me <babe. laughs> I believe she was also in um, the Crying Game. Yes. Okay. Yes. She wasn't like she wasn't the cause of the Crying Game, but she was oh, okay. there. She was there. Good to know. Number three movie. You might think like, what, what could it be after those two luminaries? Dirty Dancing, the third. That was number Grossing three? Movie. Yeah, that's or right. was it like in its 18th week or something? I think it was in like week four. So people, How is that possible? People wanted to see Stakeout. Give me Emilio, they said. I saw Dirty Dancing many, many times. Mm-hmm. Probably from a time when I was much too young. 
And I remember asking my Nana, I was probably in kindergarten at the time about the abortion stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't, I literally did not understand what was going on. And she was like, when you're older, we'll talk about this. But sometimes women have to make decisions about their bodies to make sure that they can stay healthy. And like, it's such a weird thing because she was such an uber Christian person. And you would think of her as being like a very pro birth person, but not when it came to dirty dancing. She wanted baby to have that opportunity. I will make she an carried admission. a watermelon. She knows. <laughs> we'll make an admission here. I've never seen Dirty Dancing. Oh, oh, we're watching that this weekend. Nah, I don't think so. Ray Orbach <laughs> as like it's, uh, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Thank you, Ray Orbach. <laughs> Ray Orbach. <laughs> Jerry Orbach is perfect in Orville the role Redenbacher. of grumpy dad, who's also a doctor. <laughs> Ray Orbison is great in it, Ben. I was going to say, <laughs> listeners, hit us up with your favorite Roy, Ray Orbachson song. Hashtag <laughs> Woman. So, a couple of toys Woo. here. One that I found was the Funwich Factory. And all this was, was you took a sandwich, right? So you get your Wonder Bread sandwich. Sure. And you press down on it very lightly. You don't want to cut okay. all the way through the bread. Mm-mm. But it would leave like an impression of Mickey Mouse in the bread. Ooh, Ooh. fun. Yeah, so that is fun. It, yeah. Funwich Factory. Also big in 87, the Pogo Ball. Oh. <gasps> I loved the pogo ball. The ball that gave CTE to probably 50% of America's youth. <laughs> the most like and, dangerous and toy. sterilized 50% of the boys that used no, it. No, no. It was the ball, not the stick. Not the stick. Oh, okay, okay. This okay. was the one that it's like- It looks like Jupiter. It's like a dodgeball, but with a little disc on it. It looks like Jupiter. It looked like the one that Sean Young went around on in her role as Ray Finkel in Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. <laughs> you might remember that. The one that the crying game was about. Mm-hmm. I preferred the Balzac to the pogo ball, but that's fine. I don't know what the Balzac was. So the Balzac was a balloon, right? But it was inside this big cloth ball. So it was huge. It, was, it wasn't it was earth ball size, but like you'd bat the thing around and it, oh. because helium is lighter than air, this thing would bound all over the place. People loved Balzac. Kids called for it from the rafters every day. We want Balzac. Kids love Balzac. Mm-hmm. I, so what's your favorite Balzac memory? I don't have one, <laughs> but I do remember- my brother having the pogo ball and how much fun i had on that until someone cracked the platform that you stood on Mm -hmm. and we discovered that it was not in fact the shape of a ball it was more like a peanut yeah yeah that's mind-blowing and it it messed me up thinking about all that time i thought it was a ball Mm -hmm. and that was just a lie Hmm. yeah i'm so sorry you that's trauma Totally. And that's why your parents got divorced. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't tell you he broke it. All right. Here we are. We're 45 minutes into this recording. Now we're going to start talking about Dennis the Menace. There's so much to talk through. I don't want to. Start with the song. Kind of jazzy, very repetitive. It could only be yeah. a Haim Saban joint. <laughs> Has to be, yeah, yeah. I've had this song in my head since I've like stopped watching this cartoon. Like my whole life, it's just in my head. It will, it will just pop up sometimes, and I'll just be like, "Dentist, the mantist." The one thing that made sense in this cartoon, the one single thing is that the saxophone really hit that like 1950s oh. rockabilly sound. Mm. 
Here ends the list of things that made sense. In this it, it all made sense. So, Dave, you mentioned this. So was this an imagination show? Did Dennis often go off on flights of fancy? Yeah. So a lot of them, a lot of the uh, more fanciful episodes mm-hmm. were, they started off with a dream. So they were all a dream sequence or he'd bump his head or something like that. But then there were some that just made no sense at all. Like, so I remember this one, I couldn't find it. I didn't like, there's not a lot of people are writing about Dennis the Menace from 1986 on sure. the internet. So I didn't want to dig too deep because that would be sad. But there was one episode that I just distinctly remember. They're on a boat, a whirlpool hits. Mm -hmm. He and his friends go down the whirlpool. And all of a sudden they're in like this fantasy kingdom. He's a knight. But there's plenty of other episodes where he's a knight fighting a dragon. But the whole time they're playing green sleeves on the flute. (laughs) Like (laughs) It's so weird. And it's just stuck in a fever dream you had. (laughs) Sure. This isn't Bobby's world. It could be. I don't know. But I'm like 90% positive it it, it existed. But yeah, okay. a lot of the, to answer your question, Ben, like, yes, a lot of them were fantasy. But in this one I picked, no fantasy at all. It was you, just. Because this intro set up, you know, oh, this motherfucker's surfing from a shark. What do we get? Yeah, he's like he meets swimming a under the salesman. Ocean. It's fucking yeah. bullshit. Made me upset. So what I remembered was the song. I also remembered this noise here. Sort of oh, like the, yeah, the bumper music. That the, uh, so, the interstitial, yeah. So let's get into door-to-door bore here. So Dennis is there. He's sans slingshot, but he's got his red overalls and his cowlick, and like he's wearing like white platform shoes, and he's there with his friend Joey. What the fuck is going what on with Joey? What is Joey? He's gangly. He's wearing short shorts. He's got he's, like he's a sick? wisp of he's hair. Sickly? He could be sick. Is he sick? I don't know that it's ever actually formally discussed, mm-hmm. but I always assumed sick. Is this a powder situation? This guy a powder? I don't know. I think so. Should we talk about powder? <laughs> no. His hair also Hashtag reminded powder. me of the, the later cartoon Doug, uh, Roger Klotz's hair. But it's but even less cool. finer. It's finer than that. Yeah. Yeah. Like a sick kid. It's like if I shaved my head except for one spot and then I put hair gel in and slicked it up. It's like someone dehydrated Homer Simpson. Yeah. That's what he looks like. And I don't want to make fun of a child here, but folks, Joey, he's he's not a real kid. Not a real kid. So he's freaky looking. And they're playing ball in the living room. And well, as will happen. Oh, I can't believe this. So they splatter mom. Um, (laughs) And they splatter mom with soup. And she- Dr. Freud. (laughs) She's like- (laughs) She's like, well, no soup for dinner. And I guess it's a good thing that soup wasn't scalding hot. I loved that her reaction to her child playing ball in the house against the rules and getting it in dinner is, I'm going to go take a bath. Yeah. Fuck you, kids. You're not eating. Well, I'm going to take a bath. <laughs> what kind of soup was this? It looked like some kind of chowder, perhaps. Gravy? <laughs> it was yeah. not gazpacho. Was, was it chilled? A ceviche? Perhaps. Hmm. Could be. Could be. I think that maybe mom might just be a shitty cook. You think so? That that is my Th- that would be the classic that. like fifties mom thing, like, oh, she's not that good. We gotta oh, choke this paste. The pot down. roast again. Henry's gonna hit me. It's like wallpaper paste. Burr. But yeah. she decides she has to take a bath. I'm going upstairs to take a bath. Hi, Mrs. Mitchell. Dennis and me'll look after things. I don't want to be weird. Do you guys think a little something's going on with Joey and Mrs. Mitchell? I thought so. I didn't think that, but I did think... Romantically. I, no, I don't think that. If a child said, don't worry, 
me and your child who just threw a ball in the house and covered you in soup will look after things. Mm-hmm. I would call that child's parents and say, come pick up your weird fiend. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't believe this would is you, human. Yeah, your little golem is, weir- is weirding <laughs> me out. Go, go pick him up, please. More like Joey the Menace, right? I don't see what Dennis did that was so bad here. Through the ball bin. Yeah. He was a real menace. He invited that demon into their house. He's a child. He's irascible. Leave him alone. So we heard the doorbell at the end there. And you got one of these just American stables, right? The door-to-door salesman. I will tell you, I've been solicited at homes by Jehovah's Witnesses, by people you know, looking to switch my cable up. I've never been visited by the dude with the briefcase. Hmm. Have you? Well, the answer is yes for Shailen, Ben. <laughs> of course. She grew up in the 20s. They were selling me war bonds. No, fictuals. And a grandmother who sold encyclopedias that way. Okay. And I had, we had the. But have you ever had somebody come to your house? The frozen vegetable guy. <laughs> what? I, part of me just wants, it's so perfect. I just want to leave it alone. But no, I, <laughs> you have to type up the frozen vegetable way. Yeah. So he actually, it wasn't just frozen vegetables. When we were, when I was really little. He was so much more than that. Mr. Peas. My mom had like inquired with a company that did Uh like frozen vegetables, gallons of milk, probably meat, I would assume, things like that. And they would like deliver it to your house. You put in the order. Like, Did you live in like a cave that you couldn't go to the store for these things? It was like a convenience thing. It was like a CPA or whatever. No, not a CPA. Uh, It was not a CSA. No, it was like Swanson frozen dinners, but like on a different scale. And the idea was you could place the order and they would deliver it to your house frozen or cold. And then... You know, busy mom with a career and three kids doesn't have to go to the store. And honestly, like things are coming back full circle that way anyway. But she had inquired and then I was outside playing in the yard and the truck showed up with samples or something. And I remember being terrified that he was going to kidnap me and put me in the fucking freezer truck. Because who talks to a small child in their front yard when the parents aren't around? A weirdo. Mm -hmm. This is very true. It's a harrowing yeah, don't, tale. Don't, don't talk to kids. Yeah, just don't do it. <laughs> well, just don't do it. Well, that's not what this show would have you think. Because... It's a shitty show. Well, let's let's get into it. Hi there. Is your mother home? She's upstairs taking a bath. You don't say. This will be like selling candy to a baby. I had a stroke. A stroke. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that character. So this is the salesman. The salesman never gets a name. I Mister. His plan, right? He hears that mom is in the bath, and instead of going up and you know checking out Mrs. Mitchell's cookies, he decides that he's going to show his wares to Dennis and Joey. That's and great. then say, "Oh, I'll put you down for fifteen as if that's a binding contract. Yeah, or something. as if they're as if as if the six year old is able to purchase. Yeah, those like things. is he an idiot? I think he is. <laughs> this guy new to the field. Winners get coffee. Ah, closers get coffee. I fucked the joke. Ah. Winners get ice cream, Ben. Mm. Winners go home and fuck, fuck the, the prom, prom queen. queen. <laughs> <laughs> and they, get, they, they also fuck the coffee. Anyway, what yeah. were you saying? <laughs> I feel like I, I'm wondering now if there were no laws in place at that time. Yeah, it's a, the purge situation. To protect families from scams uh-huh. so it's like oh well th- someone in the household authorized this so now you have to pay this money i wonder if things tightened up in the 90s to make that not okay i can't so imagine that's real it's the I'm precursor just... to today where 
you go on, you know, one of these fake news sites and you see the story, the 10-year-old racks up $2,000 in Fortnite cosmetics. Do you think it's that kind of stuff? I'm wondering. I don't Ooh, have I'm any other explanation. Too. I'm wondering. So, Dave, so are you, you wondering? you sign up for something yeah. and like, oh, but I didn't do it. It was my cat stepped on the computer. Yeah. Right? He signed it for me. Except in this case, the salesperson is actively doing it. Right. I don't know. I'm trying to make sense of this. It's hot garbage. You can't do it. You can't make sense of it. You know, it's chaos out there. Let the chaos envelop you. That's right. And then, and then you know, embrace it. And then they talk about spanking. Yep. Then let me sell you one of these $14.95 breadboards to put in the seat of your pants. That way you won't feel a thing when she spanks you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is disturbing. <laughs> and then, okay, okay. I don't want to go into great detail here, but... He has like a shoe buffer and then Dennis ruins his shoe and then he pours glue on the shoe and it makes a new shoe. It doesn't like take the pieces of the shoe <laughs> that are loose and glue them together. It just makes a new shoe. Right. This glue is fantastic. It's it's It should be worth millions of dollars. It's not though. It's only like $12 a tube. It's only fourteen ninety five. But the real problem with the glue, right, is it's too sticky, right? So Dennis squirts some glue on the guy and then he gets the glue blues. Whoa! Oh, watch it! That stuff makes everything stick to it! What the fuck? You little shit? Get the fuck out! He, like, he stumbles into a bookcase, and he's covered in books, and he's just panicking. He's just screaming at Dennis, like, get the fucking green bottle! Get the green bottle with the glue remover! As though he couldn't have predicted things would go awry when a stranger approached a child to sell him things. He should have known when he entered the menace house. That's what happens. Shit goes wild. So he asked for glue remover, and Dennis brings a bottle, but it's like hair tonic. And not only does it give the dude hair and a beard immediately so he looks like Jesus, he also squirts it on like a portrait, and the portrait grows hair. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so there's this picture matter. over the mantle. And remember like thinking like, why is there like a picture of a random old man over the mantle here? Sure enough, the tonic goes on it mm-hmm. and the picture starts to grow hair. That's not how it's wild. skin works. That's or oh, painting it's not? works. Yeah. Yeah. That's not how that works. Maybe it was it's a not. skin painting. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh man, I'm really into this. Yeah, yeah. the hottest. It's like an HP Lovecraft thing, like the painting is yeah. made out of skin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's Dennis's original brother, but he killed him and made a skin painting. Yeah, I mean, that's I would why be I'm the menace. That's right. I'm Dennis the Menace. He's very menacing. The he, Dennis Menace Necromicon. <laughs> so he, he has long hair and he's like, I can't go around like this. So he lets Dennis give him a haircut, which is a bad idea because this is a six year old. Like, I wouldn't let my four and a half year old cut my hair. You know what? I would. What do I care? I'm not going anywhere for the next several months. But, um, he gives him a mohawk, right? And then the dude makes like a fucking really offensive <laughs> comment. Sure does, Ben. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't have the clip of it because we don't want to be doing that stuff here. No, but it's super no, no. offensive. I, I heard it. I didn't. I didn't catch it the first time, and then I heard it uh, the second time. And I was like, Oh God, why did I send them this? Um, but <laughs> it, it, you know, it's out there. It exists. It was we the can... '80s. Things were different. Cocaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cocaine was weird. A, a lot of this was different. Like you guys just didn't barge into homes and start selling kids things you know it's true i mean and back in the 80s everybody was talking about pants totally that's right my best pair of pants <laughs> so, so what is your best pair of pants if if i put a gun to your head right now both of you metaphorically 
Could you come up with what your best pair of pants is? Quite literally the ones I have on. I don't think I could do it. <laughs> but no. you have a lot of pants. Not really. Oh, Ben's got a shopping problem. I got like, that is true, but I got like jeans and gap pants. Well, I guess I have, it's not a single pair of pants, but I have a favorite type of pants mm-hmm. for work. They're from Banana Republic. Oh, fancy. Well, yeah. they, I, found the, I found the best pants for work. They're comfortable. They have a little stretch in them in the waist in case I'm bloated some days. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they come in four different colors. I have khaki. Navy blue, green, and gray. Light khaki. And that's all I need. I guess it's just me then. I'm utilitarian, though. I'm like, what do I care? The fucking pants is pants. Well, Except for those old navy jeans, because sometimes they fall apart a little quicker than you'd like. They wear out real quick quick in the crotch. I was going to say, it's different for dudes, because finding a pair of pants as a woman is very, very hard. So once you find the pair of pants that fits you... Mm -hmm. Then you have to buy like 10 pairs because baby. you know immediately they're going to stop selling that make and model and you're going to be fucked for years trying to find another pair to replace them when inevitably mm-hmm. you rip the ass of the pants. Listeners, we want to hear from you. What's your best pair of pants? Hashtag. Fancy pantsies. Pants off. Yeah. Yeah. Both of those. Fancy pantsies off. Or uh, <laughs> fancy panties. Yep. Nope, that's the one. Fancy panties. So what happens is Dennis squirts ink on him. And then he squirts ink remover, which removes the guy's pants. And he's got the classic heart boxer shorts. And he like he sprints out of the house. And then Dennis's mom comes down, right? And she's got like the short silk robe on. And she's making eyes at Joey. And Joey like walks towards her. Like it's, it's a very big yeah, stretch. Yeah, Joey like puts his two fingers over his mouth and yeah oh puts his it's, tongue through it it's oh it's you unpleasant. guys are so yeah. gross it's, a, it's in the show what do you want me to do i don't i don't i'm just telling the listeners what what context is important that's what not what happened Jaylen. she comes down in a slutty robe but that's different and she's the like, rest of it doesn't happen tell me more about that salesman boys and what does she's dennis like, oops say? i dropped the glue bottle <laughs> i've got a feeling you won't be back for a long time <laughs> This raised a lot of questions about the Dennis the Menace character for me, because I always saw Dennis as a troublemaker, but a well-meaning one. You know what I mean? Like, he'll spray people with hoses, but he's not really trying to. He's not trying yeah, to be did, a He dick. didn't mean it, right? In this yeah. segment, I, I was thinking the same thing. Like, oh, you know, he's got the shoe polisher, and he fucked up the guy's shoes, but he didn't mean to. But the end of this, it's like, he almost winks at the camera, and it's like, oh, did he fuck up that guy on purpose? Maybe. I think he did. <laughs> He's a sociopath. He's yeah, a that's psychopath. that's not pleasant. That's not a good no. thing. So, anyway, that's um that's next door bore. Now we move on to Denise in Venice, and here we have Dennis and his friend Gina, and they're gonna play in like a kiddie pool, but there's no water in it. And what do you do when your kiddie pool is empty? You get a hose. Just turn it on. <sighs> I don't know, guys. Um. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a bulge in the hose, which is like a, another classic cartoon thing. I've seen a lot of hoses in my day, um, both flesh and rubber. I don't know that I've ever seen a like the classic. Yeah, I've, bulge. I've never seen that. that yeah, giant bulge. yeah, exactly. Looks like a boa constrictor swallowed like a cow. Yeah, and that's not like a, a disgusting sex metaphor. No, I mean literally. Right. No, I know. It's a disgusting sex metaphor. Um, so. <laughs> 
the bulge in the hose makes it spray everywhere and Mr. Wilson gets a face full and Mr. Mitchell comes out and here you get a little Phil Hartman on Phil Hartman. So, it's you! And I was already to blame Dennis. Sorry, George. I swear to God, <laughs> I'm convinced that Phil Hartman's play here was, you know, like you go to the dentist and they shoot you up with Novocaine and they put the cotton balls in your mouth? Yeah. I really feel like for Mr. Wilson, the only thing he did was shut stuff like marshmallows or cotton balls into his mouth. And then he's just like, I'll tell you something. <laughs> just talking with his like tongue pressed against yeah, the, the inside of his cheek. Just normal voice, not really sounding different. Just like he's, you know, he's got like a mouthful of saltine crackers. It seemed different enough for him to earn the paycheck for two characters. Mm-hmm. And no more effort. And really than that. three because he voices Ruff the dog as well. But and, when you compare uh, these, and a bunch of other characters mm-hmm. too, like when side you, characters. When you compare the two main characters, though, right? Like he differentiated exactly enough to be like, no, no, I'm doing two characters. You have to give me two salaries mm-hmm. without Could extra be. effort. I'm, I'm complimenting Phil Hartman here. So the Universal. setup, the the setup to this is long, but I think we need to listen to it to understand what we're doing here because we're in. Dennis's town, you know, uh, Menisburg, and we got to get to Italy. But how do we get there? We, got, we need that set up. Well, son, you're going to be seeing lots of water soon. I have to go to Venice, Italy on a business trip, and I'm taking you and your mother along. Oh, boy, I've got a grandfather I've never met who lives in Venice. Why don't you come with us, Gina? How about it, Dad? Well, uh, I'd have to talk to Gina's mom about that. You know, call this show Mr. Fantastic because this is all a big stretch. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Killed it. But what it works. You, what do you they think Mr. There. Mitchell does for work? Travels. I'm, I'm going to go generic business. Business, man. Yeah. I, I think he's like the, um, you know, he's a, a TV travel guide. Okay. Okay. Hmm. I believe that. Gina's like, I've never met my grandfather. And <laughs> Mr. Mitchell's like, come to Venice. And then they're all in Venice, and it's just like, wow, that just her parents ascended so quickly. That's fine, I guess. Now, going into this, right, from what we've talked about with Jackson and the dude with the mohawk, you'd think going to Venice, they're going to treat Italians in the country of Italy with the utmost respect. So, within seconds, you're proven correct. Mamma mia! (laughs) Just. Just incredible stuff. The worst Italian <laughs> accent. And then like, you know, like, oh, what do Italians say? Um, Mamma Mia. Uh, That's they, what they say. They, they always say Mamma Mia. Pasta Fazul a lot. And yeah, the yeah. whole next several minutes are like this. So they're in Venice, which is completely deserted for the most part. There's no people. But Venice is well known for its canals. And they see a gondolier come up. You know, he's got the hat on. He's got the little bow on. And wouldn't you know it? It's a gondolier they have a connection with. You must be more careful, signor. And you must be the local lifeguard. No, I'm just a simple gondolier, here to meet my granddaughter, Regina. Well, that was convenient. Wow, in this city of thousands of people, (laughs) we just happen to find the old man. Oh, man. (laughs) So this is Grandpa Antonios, or Antonio, I'm not sure, they they call him both pretty interchangeably. Sheila, what are your thoughts on Grandpa Antonios? I was so uncomfortable mm-hmm. listening to 
the asshole American who voiced this character. No, 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 no. Only a real deal, full-blooded Italian could speak like this. Cara mia, is this my bellissima Gina? You are even more beautiful than your photographias. Do you remember the episode of The Office <laughs> when Karen Filippelli is leaving her voicemail and they tell her she doesn't sound Italian enough when she's leaving the voicemail message? Uh-huh. And so she goes, Abondanza at the end of it. No. It reminded me of that, except that it didn't acknowledge how offensive it was. It just was. I haven't felt anything this authentically Italian since you and I went to the Olive Garden. <laughs> and I felt like I was when I was there, I was family. Yeah, and the best part was like the grandpa was just he was rowing one of the the, the gondolas with a giant Olive Garden breadstick. Yeah, and his other arm, he was playing a lute. Like it was very very yeah, Italian. Yeah. They had the soundtrack from The Godfather just laid in under all of this. Mm. I don't know what what the problem is. Okay. And it started raining meatballs. <laughs> Strange stuff. Yeah. But you know what? This is all above boards. This is not a problem. So Italy, well-known cultural center, right? Right. Music, art, theater. But the writers of Dennis the Menace couldn't come up with one painting that's housed in Italy. Not a single cultural icon. Uh, take a listen. <laughs> you mean they had. Let's try that. First, we shall visit our world-famous art museum, where they have the Mona Lisa, unknown from the Louvre Museum. It's very elaborate. They could have said <laughs> anything there. They could have said, like, it's a painting of the Leaning Tower of Pisa, and you'd go, okay, sure, right, but yeah, like the Mona yeah. Lisa, <laughs> what? From and their it's... famous art museum that is nameless. But the yeah. Mona Lisa is on loan from the Louvre. It's the Venezia Art Museum. They couldn't pick up a phone and and call a travel agent to ask, like, is there an art museum in Venice? What is it named? Mm-hmm. I love how they can't take time to make anything authentic, like, it, you know, it, Italian authentic, I guess. Yeah. But they did the research. Be like, no, 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 the Mona Lisa is not in Italy. It's in France. It's in the Louvre. We got to fix that. Fix that script. <laughs> we have to ADR it. Get Phil back in to do the Italian voice again. <laughs> so... They're in front of the art museum. They just get there. So it's it's Antonios, it's Dennis, it's Gina. There are a few other people outside. And within like a quarter second of them showing up, right? So so Grandpa says, it's the Mona Lisa. This is what you get next. <laughs> you mean they had the Mona Lisa. Look, they've stolen a painting. Banditos. <laughs> all right, first of all, Banditos is very funny. But <laughs> these crooks are so bad. It's so stereotypical that they walk out of the museum with the Mona Lisa with no problem and then announce to the passersby who are all outside. We have stolen the Mona Lisa. We got it. Ah We're not wearing disguises. You can see who we are. We have stolen the Mona Lisa. Look at us holding the Mona Lisa in our arms as we stroll away. We stole it. This is very important to what happens next. So they're running away. Antonios calls them benditos. Which is actually the Italian word for bandit. I was really hoping that they were so lazy that they just started throwing in like Spanish, Spanish words. words. But yeah, they yeah. Did not, unfortunately, romance languages do share a lot of overlap. That's so. true. So Dennis and Gina chase them back to like their lair or whatever, and they are hiding. And now you see two Mona Lisas. Now this is one of the problems with having the Mona Lisa in there at all. 
is the Mona Lisa looks like fucking complete dog shit. Yes. But here's their plan. <laughs> what a brilliant idea. We return the fake painting to the museum and collect the reward money. And we still have the real painting to sell on the black market. Now, that's a convoluted plan, but it's sort of predicated on the idea that they weren't seen stealing the painting and that no one would recognize them as the people who stole the painting. So they exited the front door. <laughs> and announced, we stole, we stole the, the painting. We stole the painting. Oh, fuck. This fucking sucked. Oh, man. So I, <laughs> I thought, like, Dennis in Venice was a play on Death in Venice, the Thomas <laughs> okay. Mann novel. And I was just hoping that everyone would die of cholera at the end of this. Like, it, at this point, I Maybe was like, they Jesus did. Christ. This Maybe it happened off screen. Interminable. Maybe Dennis the Menace is one of those, like, characters out of time, right? Like, you just... These are all just vignettes that aren't connected. So maybe they did die of cholera. Who's to oh, say? that's true. Yeah, yeah. Could, could be. happen. Mm. So there's a lot going on in this basement. Um, Dennis and Gina hide as statues. But eventually, the thieves tie up the fake Mona Lisa that they're going to return. And I think the idea was, like... We don't want them to look at it, so we'll just give them like this fucking fake tied up nonsense. Yeah, like they're not going to look at the Mona Lisa to yeah, make sure it's right. real. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, this wrapped up brown package. <laughs> it has to be the picture. You, you are very upstanding, citizen. In the more time you spend with these thieves, like the more stereotypical they are, like one of the dudes looked like Super Mario, right? He's got on the pork pie hat. He's got this big swoopy mustache. He's talking about eating spaghetti a lot. Sure does. Fucking insane. So he's trying to get mushrooms. They leave to go bring the, they, they call the museum and they say, we, we got a painting and they get the reward. They're going to get the reward. They're going to go back. So they go back to the museum. Dennis and Gina run outside where who do they run across within seconds in this huge city? Mr. Antonio and Dennis's dad who are wandering around in That's the right. gondola. <sighs> Not the Venice, cops. The city of convenience. <laughs> and they're like, Mr. Antonio, we got to go back. So they're on the way back. The thieves get to the museum where the curator is there with like a million cops. And what happens? Santa Maria. Is this some sort of joke? So first you get like that. Are you afraid of the dark music for some reason? Oh, that. So that music comes yeah. up a lot in Dennis the Menace. Why? It's like There's, Terminator-ish. It's, it's, it's strange. Their, it's their spooky music. I mean, sometimes they play it really quick to like show like nefarious characters mm-hmm. um but there's one where they go to london and he meets a ghost in the tower of london i think it's the ghost of anne boleyn okay she like phases through the wall and they play that music every time as a kid it, it, that music you know scared scared me a lot <laughs> yeah i was scared but, too yeah but only because there were like 12 minutes left in the show <laughs> <laughs> i didn't want to do this anymore but we committed so what dennis did was draw to buy time, he drew a stereotypical Italian mustache and like the little pointy beard on the fake. And his dad's like, Dennis, what did you do? My Phil Hartman. Um, and Dennis <laughs> good. explains. Really good. Thank you. Dennis explains what happened. And then the thieves run away and they get into a gondola. And you're like, what are these guys going to roll away very slowly? But no, no, no. These thieves have a motor gondola. So they hit a button and they zoom away. And all of the Italian cops, the the capitos, they get into a gondola, but there's too many of them, and it sinks. They die. There's, just, there's, there's 50 of them. They jump on it, and they just all drown. 
Yeah. What are you uh, thinking, okay. cops? And Gene is like, maybe they learned it from your dad. And I was like, I know his dad was in the water, but I don't think he sank <laughs> a boat. Like, I don't, what does that mean? What the fuck were know. they talking about? The only gondola left can be piloted by Mr. Mitchell and Mr. Antonio. So they're on the run. And there's like a lot of stuff with signs going on. So, oh my the God, thieves, they used the same joke twice <laughs> or, it, or joke or whatever the hell it is. Joke would be giving it too much credit. Yeah, yeah. In Jurassic Park, it happens, right? Like the signs pointed one way and then it points the other way and it sends you into danger. Uh oh. So here, there's like a low bridge sign. So the thieves take it and the gondola smashes into it. So now the adults fall off and Dennis and Gina are just being propelled down the canals of Italy. So so I had a question about that. It's like, why are there just some low bridges and some aren't? And like, what happens to the gondolas that go through? Like, do they just have to turn around? It's ridiculous. Always forward, never back. I think you're supposed to duck with well, your the, gondola there, but there's under the, the water. Oh, right. Yeah, you sub submerge. Yeah. Yeah. It's a James Bond gondola. What if you were a goose James gagalita? gondola. <laughs> James Bondola? James Bondola. I like that. <laughs> now, Dennis and Gina, now they're going fast, right? They are flying away. And they're like, what are we going to do, right? So what does Dennis say? I've got an idea. It's an old trick, but maybe it hasn't reached Italy yet. Okay. First of all, it has reached Italy because they just did it. They literally just did it. But they're chasing a motor-powered gondola, and they themselves are moving quite quickly. Dennis hops to shore, runs ahead of both boats, He's six years old. This motherfucker sprints to the next bridge. He just picks up a random sign, and then the thieves go through the tunnel. <laughs> it's just that is like, correct. What a trick that was, Dennis. Such a menace move. I was just over your house the right. other day with my two children, and they played with your child. At some point, I was like, Dennis can't outrun that boat. But having just played tag with three kids mm-hmm. his age... He could have run on that kids, boat. I was can run dead fast. tired after that bout of tag. And kids can go in short bursts, right? Like it's not a That's long true. sustained yeah. thing. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're like crocodile. All right. Well, the outcome to this is the Thebes gondola motor stops working. They go through a flower cart. They get covered in eggs. There's this big white motorboat. The woman who's like piloting it looks like the comic strip character, Kathy. And she was like screaming <laughs> about wanting a man as she split their boat in two. There was never like a Kathy TV show, was there? There was Caroline in the City, which was based on the concept of Kathy. Right. But no, there wasn't like a Kathy cartoon, right? I don't think so. I don't think so. Because you think about shows based off comic strips. There's Heathcliff. There's this. There's Garfield. Um, there's Garfield. There was that Dilbert show with Daniel Stern. I forgot about the Dilbert uh, show. I don't think there was a Foxtrot show. Anyway, so Kathy was there. And so the thieves are fucked up. You know, all is well. They're back in front of the museum. The art director gives Dennis and Gina the key to the city, and it is not made of chocolate. But what I want to call out here is the applause. So they're getting this round of applause, and it's the most insane thing I've ever heard. Here, Dad, you'd better hold this. You know how I'm always losing keys. There are so many people, but it's like it's just one person just rhythmically clapping. Yeah, one person masturbating. Well, the the Foley artist had tragically lost his left hand in a Mm -hmm. gondola accident. (laughs) And so he was just left to one hand. Yeah. That's good Foley work, Shailen. Thank you. You're welcome. Getting a spanking in. 
Gross. That's how it goes. Slapping that, that raw meat in the grocery store. <laughs> That's right. They also reused that noise for whenever a horse was running. Just like clip, clop, clip, clop. That's Dennis in Venice. We and got one more. No, no. That is the part of the show where I thought we were done. No. And no, now let's enter tragedy. <laughs> oh, boy. So this is the, the weakest of all. This is young Sherlock <laughs> Surprisingly. Dennis. My expectations were low because I had been watching Dennis the Menace. But young Sherlock Dennis is like the dumbest name. Yeah, I guess it's stupid. Dennis Holmes wouldn't be any better, but Sherlock Dennis, eh, sucked. Yeah, I, I don't know. Or like a, a crime at Holmes or something like that. Like just play with the name. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm spitballing here. Anything we come up with right now could be more clever. Dennis Lock Holmes. Sherlock <laughs> Dennis. Sherlock Mitchell I would have been okay with because it's yeah. his last name. Dennis Holmestown sounds too porny, so I can yeah. see why they wouldn't do that. It could have just been Mystery of the Chocolate, and that still would have been better. No. Because no. they weren't trying to be clever in that way. No, no. Mystery of the Chocolate, not evocative enough. A Sherlocked mystery. So maybe know. we can't come up with things better on the fly, <laughs> but the answer is out there, folks. It is. But we're not being paid to. That is also it's true. It's not our job. So we open up. And Dennis's mom is vacuuming and she sees, she picked it up. I thought it was a box full of seashells. It's actually an empty box of chocolates. Chocolate wrappers. She thinks that Dennis has done the deed, right? So she sends him to his room. I hate getting blamed for something I didn't even have the fun of doing. I wish there was some way to prove I'm innocent. That's how I lived my whole life. Blamed for things I didn't do. Trying to prove my innocence. The fugitive. More it's or true. less. More or less. So he finds like Provasic. gotta find Pervasic. <laughs> so he finds the magnifying glass and the stupid hat, and now he's Sherlock Dennis. Now, mind you, he has been sent to his room, but somehow now he's in the living room with Joey. Is there right? And Joey's like coughing up blood, which is a little weird. But um, <laughs> and they're they're smoking opium. Still making eyes at Alice. <laughs> and they're looking at the empty box of chocolates. And it's like, wait a minute. So mom picked up trash from the living room, was mad, and then just put the trash back where it was? That's correct, Ben. That's what this is all predicated on. Because she's a terrible housekeeper as much as she is a terrible soup cook. Don't get down on mom's soup. I'm down on it. Knees weak, mom's soup getty. So they're looking at the box of chocolates, and they find a very important clue. Aha! A chocolate-flavored fingerprint. I don't want to know how that works. Why does he know what it tastes like? Oh, yeah, he knows what it tastes like. (laughs) Oh, wait, that's not chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) We find out later that it's a paw print, and so everything from this point forward is just a complete waste of time. That's correct. Which is doubly frustrating when you have to watch this thing twice. Right. So then... He climbs through the kitchen window for some reason. So mom is watching. She's washing dishes. And Joey is sitting on the sink. And it's just, it's weird. Aha! Caught in the act. Because <laughs> she was water broke. Looking at Joey. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Ew. It's getting a little <laughs> weird. So then he grills his mother about the chocolates. Right? She's like, am I a suspect? And, and Dennis is like, yeah, mom, you're a suspect. And then this is what Joey says. Put this woman down as a prime suspect. 
I always thought she had kind of close set eyes. What does that mean? I don't know. I literally don't understand what that means. Shailen looks like she has an answer. I can only assume that it is racist, but it I don't know what racist. it is. I was like, is it like a prime rib thing? Like, what is it? I couldn't tell if it was it like, do a lot of criminals and police sketches have close set eyes? Is that like a joke on like, <laughs> I don't know, Dragnet or something? Like where they do police sketches? I watched what? a lot I of Dragnet. No I don't remember that being a thing. I have no idea. I'm just, I'm, I'm grasping I really don't know. Here. Listeners, if you know, hit us up. Uh, don't use hashtag close set eyes because I think- I think the, the Russians bad. are watching that one, but hit us up with hashtag young Sherlock Dennis. And this line sets up a lot of this episode because the dialogue here in what people say is very strange. It's like it was Twin Peaks on at this point. Is that what they were trying to ape? I really don't know. <laughs> but because what they do next is they go to Mr. Mitchell and he is trying to do the crossword, but they put another box of chocolates out. Is bait like what? What is this house that they just have boxes of chocolate? By the way, I don't know, but Wonderful. I would like to adopt that practice in our own lives. Okay, do it. Just saying. Do it. Yeah. So but, he reaches for a pencil, right? And they're like, "Aha! You're gotcha. going for the chocolates." He's like, "No, I'm just reaching for a pencil," and it's just inane. It's super inane. And then this is how that scene concludes. Me, a suspect, but I was just looking for a pencil for the crossword puzzle. And remember. Crime doesn't pay. Who says so? Like those last three sentences do not fit together at all. That's true. They don't. So the dad, like, is that a vague threat to Dennis? Is he like, the crime doesn't pay. I think so. I'm going to kill my son. It's not as overt as the threat Mr. Wilson makes in about 30 seconds, but I think it's building up to that. I think it's like the lead up, you know, like, I don't know what the mom said in the last one, but like, there's the mom, there's the dad, and it gets, it's, you know, the, the tension is ratcheting mm-hmm. up. And then Mr. Wilson makes his not-so-failed threat. So now Dennis and Joey go to interrogate Mr. Wilson, and thus cementing that Dennis is a fucking idiot, because yep. Mr. Wilson doesn't live in his house, so why would he be stealing your chocolates? But Dennis immediately burns him with a magnifying glass. Dennis, <laughs> what are you doing? I'm telling you, he had a mouthful of marshmallows, guys. I believe it. (laughs) It's fucking weird. (laughs) So then he interrogates uh, Mr. Wilson. And as we have alluded to, Mr. Wilson threatens to murder Dennis. Uh, I know one crime that would be worth it. Murder. Most foul. I mean, is he wrong? We've met this character. No, I'm not. But then he went to the market and he stole a loaf of bread Mm -hmm. and he gave it to a poor child. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was the crime that was worth it. It's true. He shared that bread with a decrepit youth named Joey. It's Joey's <laughs> last meal. So let's let's fucking. And Joey was up. like, "I want to buy these shoes." <laughs> They're in the the living room. Mister Wilson is going along with this for some reason, and it was one of those things where I was like, "Oh, is this?" They all stabbed him. Like they all had some chocolate, but they they didn't. This is what actually happened. Then it was Roth who ate the chocolates. And you knew it all along. Indubitably. You see, the fingerprint was actually a paw print. Easily discernible to the trained eye. So it was the dog, and they figured it out because of the paw print, but also because of the sugar shits the dog had left all over the house. (laughs) That's fucking vile, nasty stuff. 
I got a dog when I was in college, and it's a little pug. It's just about, you know, five mm-hmm. months old, maybe. No, two months old. So very, very little. And I was training it and going through, uh, you know, potty training and housebreaking it and all that. I came home from class one day, and he had shit all over the house. It was just this yellowy, loose shit everywhere. The carpet, on the floor. Oh, God. It was in, like, the baseboards. It was disgusting. That sounds terrible. It was awful. So I brought him to the vet. I paid like, I don't know, 150 bucks for them to tell me to feed him chicken and rice. He was fine. A couple weeks later, come home. My sister's on the couch. And I'm like complaining about like how this, the house still smells like Tim's shit. I'm like, I can't believe I wonder what made him sick. And she's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have fed him that caramel. She just fed the dog. A caramel with a cream center. Are you serious? Yes. Like a treat. Like she gave it to him as a treat. Fucking idiot. I was so mad. I was like, you could have killed my dog. Also, you owe me $150 for the vet bills. Oh, yeah. She she never paid that back. Yeah, she paid up dearly. But uh, yeah. yeah, That's one crime that would be worth it. That's right. Anyway, sugar shits. I'm triggered. Sugar shits. And speaking of sugar shits, here's the ending to the show. Yeah! was booby trapped. Dennis, menace that he is, put the classic mousetrap in the box. And Mr. Wilson, because he's an idiot, didn't see the mousetrap. Now, I don't know why Dennis booby trapped the box, guys. I don't think we can ever know that. Why did he booby trap it so viciously? The other thing is, they're in the living room, Mr. Wilson snaps his fingers in the mousetrap, and then it cuts to him running around in pain outside of the house. So, like, I just pictured him, like, quietly walking out, opening the door, (laughs) closing it, and then screaming in the front. And then going apeshit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. So, I noticed in the closing credits a name that I enjoyed, and that's Jack Spillum, (laughs) S-P-I-L-L-U-M. And I looked back, I rewound on it. And do you know what Jack Spillum's role was? No. He was the consultant to Mrs. Mitchell and Joey. What? Jack Spillum. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. It all makes sense. All comes together. Shailen, do you agree? No. Shailen, gross. what are your thoughts? Ugh. That's young Sherlock Dennis. And that is Dennis the Menace. So would you show Dennis the Menace to a child? No. Why? It's shitty. Bad behavior. <laughs> and also a fear of bad behavior. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bad role model. Mm-hmm. Dave? I would show this to children because I think uh, beyond The Simpsons, beyond SNL, they need to know the joy that was Phil <laughs> Hartman. Phil Hartman was wonderful. I, I always enjoyed a Phil Hartman performance, especially in Jiggle All the Way. <laughs> I thought you were going to say deny that. that kids needed a little chaos. And I was like, you you fucking joker over there? You turned a little joker on me? <laughs> um, All they need is a little push. <laughs> I am personally going to say no, because I have a child who models the bad behavior of Curious George. And so I suspect that seeing another child doing little fucking shit things would lead to bad stuff. And I don't want that. This is the 50s, okay? I also would not. It's worse. I specifically would not our kid, would not want our kid to do the fake Italian accent. Actually, I think I would kind of like that. (laughs) And let's go with let's go with one to five times that you wanted to turn the cartoon off. Uh, in that case, five. I wanted to turn it off five times. 
I would score this a two out of five. I was going to give it a one out of five, but I was like, you know what, Dave, you picked it. Just kind of. <laughs> you owe it to yourself. Your yeah. You made your bet. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Shallon? I ranked this cartoon a one out of five, and the one is owing entirely to So Phil you only Parkman. wanted to turn it off once? Oh, no. I wanted to turn it off every opportunity. And in mm-hmm. fact, the first segment I took, like, my regular kind of notes. The second one got shorter, and the third one just says, I hate this in all capital mm-hmm. letters, and just sort of left it. Where did you write ball in soup? At the top. Shellen's notes say ball in soup. <laughs> I originally thought it was sauce, and I had to cross out the word uh, sauce and replace it. Very, very, very needed, very necessary notes. <laughs> I'm going to give this a one and a half. One for Phil Hartman, as we have said, and the other half for a, a fun fact that I read. Bob Spankum or Hank, Hank Ketchum, not Bob Spankum. Phil, Phil Spillum. Nope, Jack Spillum. It, it's, it's Bob Spankum commissioned a park in Monterey, Catch California him. called the Dennis the Menace Playground. And it had a $32,000 statue of Dennis the Menace <laughs> that was stolen and never recovered. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Someone has a Dennis the Menace statue just laying around somewhere. This is amazing. That's the case I need young Sherlock Dennis on. Do you think... Yes. It was his son, Dennis, who stole it to sell it for treatment for his PTSD. Potentially. I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility. Because I feel like if I had a sick child, I would be spending $32,000 to get them care rather than on a fucking statue of the cartoon version making fun of their childhood self. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's just me. Sounds like a case for Sherlock Dennis, though. I think so. So, as we will do. We'll play a game. Yes. Yeah. And I have one. I'm, uh, I'm very proud of tonight's game's title. So welcome to the tower defense game. Ben is the menace. <laughs> okay. Shailen, mm-hmm. you are a curmudgeonly old neighbor okay. who's got a real green thumb. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds about Girl, right. Mrs. Wilson. You have to defend your prize-winning begonias from that pesky neighborhood kid of yours, Ben. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So I have a map. I'm going to show it to you right here. It's kind of hard to make up, but there are rings on it. And in the center <laughs> ring uh-huh. is your prize-winning begonias. Shannon. Okay. And at the outmost ring is Ben. Yep. He's got a backwards baseball hat, a mischievous mop of red hair, maybe some overalls and a slingshot or something. It's my actually exact IRL outfit right now. Dyed my hair. <laughs> I was going to say, it's weird that you dyed your Took hair red Took out the overalls. Your problem child cosplay is, is, uh, is creeping me out. <laughs> Instead of a slingshot, though, I do have a real switchblade. Right, right. So, Shailen. Yes. I'm going to give you, and only you, a trivia question or a challenge. A trivia question is worth one point or one step. Mm-hmm. So every question you get right or every challenge that you win, Ben stays right where he is. But Ben, if Shailen gets the trivia question wrong, you have a chance to steal. And if you get it right, you move one step closer to trampling those prize-winning begonias. Yeah. Okay? Those flowers. Okay. If you get it wrong, you just stay. And the challenges are worth two points. So if Shailen, if you choose that challenge, you will have a chance to tackle that challenge. And Ben will have a chance to tackle that challenge, and I will judge the winner. So I have a limited number of trivia questions, so you will have to do a challenge, Shailen. You can't pass. I built the game as such. Mm -hmm. This is like the impressions game, but with movement. Exactly. That is what I was thinking as well. 
Yeah. It's a it's a movement based game for, uh, for an audio format. I hate moving. No, you're not you don't have to move. It's, I know, it's, it's just, okay. All right. It's all it's a metaphor. So Shannon. Yes. Physical challenge. You're, ooh, taking the physical challenge right off the bat. Okay. Let's see here. Bring it on, Mark Summers. Do your best Phil Hartman impression. I'm trying to think of a single line that I could what is the name of the neighbor or what is Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> name in Jingle All the Way? I don't think we can answer those questions. Why? Why? First of all, I want your fucking flowers. Why would I help you? It's true. Mmm, these cookies are really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are off to a good start. Ben, it's your Phil Hartman. I've got a Turbo Man for Johnny nestled safely under the tree. Damn. <laughs> I'm going to go with Shailen there. That was very good. Ben, you were a little nasally. Phil Hartman's not. Nasal. I got allergies. What do you want? Yeah, I'm sorry. I have allergies too. Well, okay. Fuck it. You don't see me fucking up Phil Hartman impressions. More um, I disagree. Actually. Oh. I'm just kidding. That's a big league burn. All right, Shailen. So yes. Ben is not close to your begonias at all, but you do. I have, have to protect them. Yes, exactly. Trivia or challenge? Challenge. Might okay. as well humiliate myself to the fullest here. Finish this. Fake Dennis the Menace plot. An adult Dennis wakes up to the sounds of a construction crew working on the sidewalk outside his home. He's nursing a pretty bad hangover he's got from a long bender. Margaret left him a few weeks back, and goddammit, is he taking it hard. He gets up out of bed, goes outside, and attempts to redirect the cement from the sidewalk project into his car while he sits in it. <laughs> <laughs> he awaits the cold embrace of death <laughs> okay <laughs> okay Ben so so he's got a hangover right sure. and so he makes like a greasy breakfast sandwich and then he masturbates furiously which are the two to the two good hangover cures and his ejaculate it goes into the wet cement and then like it dries there and then Mr. Wilson is there because he's still alive Sure. And he slips on the cement because, you know, like when ejaculate dries, it's kind of icy. And then it, yeah, Mr. Exactly. Wilson, like he he slips. He, not only does he break his hip, like he's in the wet cement and it sticks there and like he dies because <laughs> they can't get him out. <laughs> so he slips on Dennis's ejaculate. No, on the dies. cement that contains Dennis's ejaculate because it's now icy. So the masturbation has nothing to do with it. That's a different no, kind of sperm the masturbation spell. has everything to do with it. How else would the ejaculate have gotten there? The masturbation is the crux of the story. I thought the the death of the beloved character was no. Okay, you could argue him eating the sandwich was as essential as anything. But I'm not. I'm not here to fucking. This is author interpretation, and it doesn't this. matter anyway. Because Shailen, you won. The second challenge. Hell Good yeah, for you. I did. This is fucking rigged bullshit. That concrete truck twist just really, really got me the right way. I told the story where Mr. Wilson died slipping on Dennis's breakfast sandwich jack-off liquid, and that didn't win? No, because you stole my cement truck. No, I didn't. There was that wasn't cement. part of it. I made that up. There was a construction crew. Oh, that's right. Well, ah, fuck. That's right. I have allergies. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I'm sleepy. I'm going to give you a trivia question. Jim. All right. Trivia. Okay. I've got nothing else. Mason Gamble was seven when he played five-year-old Dennis Mitchell in the live-action Dennis the Menace film. 
at the age of 12, what Bill Murray movie did Mason Gamble have a role in? Hmm. Caddyshack. <laughs> you went backwards somehow. <laughs> By like a that's, decade. That's amazing. No, Ben, do you know the answer? The answer is, of course, oh boy, it's the elephant movie. Um, not Operation Dumbo Drop, the other one. It can't hardly wait. I can't remember the name of the movie. No, no, you're both wrong. It's Rushmore. Rushmore. He was in Rushmore. Oh, was he the kid? Yeah. Was yeah. he the little shit kid? Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. He was uh, Jason Schwartzman's like sidekick. No, huh. he was. It was the elephant movie. Um, don't dump here. Don't dump here. <laughs> Starring Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah. You heard it here first, kids. Don't dump here. Okay then. Shailen, trivia question. Sure. Or challenge. Trivia, trivia question, question or challenge. Trivia question. <laughs> All right. Or challenge. Still or trivia. Challenge. All right. Which one is not an actual Dennis the Menace episode name? Oh, yeah. Is it A, Beaver Mania, B, Backdoor Dennis, C, Sounds in the Night, D, Dennis Destroys Dallas, or E, Boy Ahoy? <laughs> Dennis Destroys Dallas. That is incorrect. That's a cartoon? That is a cartoon. Yes. Jesus. I know. Ben? Uh, can we I, go through the options? I, I was gonna say I'm tempted to say F, they're all real, but no, give me give me the options. The remaining options are A Beavermania, B Backdoor Dennis, C Sounds in the Night, or E Boy Ahoy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with the most innocuous as being fake. Sounds in the night. That is also Damn it. A real one. The correct answer, the fake one, is Backdoor Dennis. I wrote that one. That was actually once. the one that I was most convinced was real. Same. You know, like, yeah. he, he snuck in the back door at Mr. Wilson's back house. Door. Yeah, yeah. He, he broke Mr. Wilson's screen door in the back or something. Yeah. Or like, he, he wakes he busted up. into with a Mr. Hangover. Wilson's back door. He, he, he busted into Mr. Wilson's back <laughs> that's door. That's exactly that's right. what I'm saying. Yeah. It's a sex metaphor. Right. Um, a very sexy one. A George 52. George. <laughs> hey, it's me, George Wilson at Poke 52. Shailen, trivia or challenge? Challenge, or okay. Trivia. <laughs> challenge number three. Sing Stings Desert Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Desert Rose, away, away. Don't know the word, but I'm bum that's as far as I'm going with that's, that one. That's great. Okay, Ben? Oh, wow, 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 wow. Desert rose, yeah, yeah, oh. You have the rose, and then it has a thorn. A thorn. Both really strong efforts. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this one to Ben. Yeah. Ben, you are now one. It's the two background steps vocals. Closer. Two steps closer. Yeah. It's all those background vocals. You know the woman. She's like, oh, well, well, well. I think it was a dude. That's a man. That's a dude? Yeah. No. Who is that? Who's that dude? He's like, You guys you guys are pulling my leg. Not That's not a dude. Leg. It is. He's like a famous he's a famous singer in whatever country. Oh he's from. boy. I don't think I believe this. Listeners, you'll judge at the end of the episode when I break American copyright law. 
and put in Sting Desert Rose. <laughs> 8-Bit Desert Rose. As a side note, by the way, before we proceed, do you know how many times I've listened to that fucking Aaron Lewis, Fred Durst outside this week? <laughs> how many it's times? It's m- more than one. <laughs> Is it good? No. We forgot to talk about the part where um, right after Fred Durst talks about the real motherfucking deal. He sits there and he's, he's looking around. He's like, I'm feeling those ladders. Feeling those ladders. <laughs> oh feeling those ladders. ladders. Anyway. <laughs> All right, Shellen. Trivia or challenge? Challenge. Alice and Mr. Mitchell have finally have some time to themselves. Describe their date. They get in the car. Okay. They drive to a restaurant. Somehow their child has escaped their house. He's in the restaurant. He fucks up their meal. For some reason, they laugh about it instead of being angry. Their date is ruined. They go home and continue their monotonous life. Okay. You're, you're way off. You're way off here. Ben, go ahead. You know, you could say a lot of things about Mr. Mitchell, but I think one thing you can say above all is a people pleaser. So when Alice asked him to dress up for their date, he was thinking tucks and tails, you know, go to the nines. Sure. But yeah. what she meant was, she wanted him to wear short shorts, suspenders, and a blue short sleeve shirt, and to shave all of his head except for one little tuft in front, which needed to be gelled up. <laughs> and she asked him not to eat for three weeks leading up to the date. <laughs> and then she took him ferociously, and that, that was the date. <laughs> all right. <laughs> She came downstairs wearing that little silk robe. (laughs) (laughs) She said, no, no, no. Call me Mrs. Mitchell. You'll take care of this. Ben, you are two steps closer to trampling those prize-winning begonias. Now, how many steps do I have to take here? You've got four more steps. My God. Trivia, (laughs) Dave. I want trivia. Trivia, trivia, trivia. The answer is Cheb Mami. He's an Algerian singer. He was the backing Was that vocalist. the Desert Rose guy? Yeah. Uh, Chet Mommy, hit us up. Hashtag, uh, we stand Chet Mommy. Yeah, what you up to? Shailen, what yes. is the name of the terrifying nightmare of a character that Christopher Lloyd plays in the live-action Dennis the Menace movie? Switchblade Sam. That's correct. Good for you Ooh, for You do attention pay attention when we record. Show. I do. It's the, the open mystery of the show. How much of the show does Shailen actually hear in the midst of recording? I was hoping I would catch you with this, and it would be like another <laughs> California Dreams moment where you're not paying attention, you just miss the lyrics to the theme song. I but, was fucking with you. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Ben, you're still four steps away from trampling these these begonias. Shailen, trivia or challenge? Hit me with a challenge, Dave. All right. I love that. Love it. Say something nice about Roseanne Barr. Advocate for good politics. <laughs> That's not my answer. <laughs> Picks good husbands. As a result of her existence and fame, many people have jobs now. Okay. All right. I can't believe like you totally support her, but like fine. That's fine. <laughs> that is definitely not what I said. That's what you said. So one nice thing about Roseanne Barr. One nice thing about Roseanne Barr. Made that movie where she was like a sexy devil. What? Oh, she devil. Yeah. Also allowed Martin Mull to work. That's two things, but I don't care. Oh, I'll split okay. the vote. All right. Did she allow him to? Yeah. Ben, you're three steps closer. This is horseshit. Yeah. 
to trivia. Well, I got I got to make it you know a little tense. Shailen trivia or challenge trivia. Name one nice thing Roseanne Barr has done. <laughs> <laughs> who was the singer of Desert Rose? All right. Name the actor who played Mr. Wilson in the 1993 live action film. Walter Matthau. Okay. You got it. This is horseshit. Come on. We talked about this. This isn't fair. Ask me what the number one movie was on September 1st, 1987. No. Stakeout. Stakeout. Richard Dreyfus. Oh, Ben just took another step forward. Yeah. All right. Shailen trivia or challenge? Let's do one more challenge here. It's the last challenge. Sing or hum, because I don't know the lyrics, so that's, and you might not know either. Sing or hum, do you know the way to San Jose? But in your best Nicolas Cage voice. (laughs) (laughs) How can I hum in Nicolas Cage's voice? Get in the character. What would Nick Cage do? That wasn't even the song. <laughs> I don't know what song that was. <laughs> Is that like a funeral dirge? La la la. You said la, do what Nicolas Cage would do, and that's what I did. <laughs> go, ahead. go go against the grain. Okay, okay, I see, I see. He's a method actor. <laughs> I'll go here. Yeah. Ha 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 Do you <laughs> You already win. Do... <laughs> you already win. Oh my god. Ben is one step closer. And I'm about to break your flowers. <laughs> <laughs> to those begonias. Dad? There's two more trivia questions. Shailen, you you Shit. get one of these wrong and Ben gets it right. All right. Those flowers are trampled. Name all three main characters that Phil Hartman and then Maurice LaMarche voiced in the Dennis the Menace cartoon. The dad? Mm-hmm. Mr. Wilson? Mm-hmm. Ruff the dog? You got it. And the last one. Ruff the dog, my uh, my rapper name, by the way. <laughs> arf, arf. What cereal company sponsored the <laughs> Dennis Mills. the Menace cartoon? Ugh. You know, just because I'm not making eye contact with either of you doesn't mean I'm not listening to you speak. Well, well these were all questions I had written beforehand. I didn't write them as we were doing <laughs> oh, okay. That's But we touched on all of these points, and I was like, maybe I should have done because we do deeper. our research. We, yeah, I would have known yeah. General Mills anyway, because right. that's like a weird. What flop house is Dennis Ketchum living in today? What's the address? One, two, three, Menace Way. On it's, Chaos Drive. It's 123 Spillum Street. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Spillum. All right. Thank you for playing. Ben is the menace. Shailen, mm-hmm. you're the winner. You, Hells yeah, you, I am. A fine title. Yes. In spite thank of you. really, truly making a fool of myself. So thank you. What are you talking about? I you couldn't remember that song. What song? Do you? you know, We've been doing the other 90 episodes. It's fine. When this episode posts on Monday, you should just not even show up to work on Monday. Well, I mean, I'm not going to show up anyway on Monday. Oh, oh, technicality. (laughs) Jeez, I just got semantics. Do you know the way to San Jose, the one that I always sing? Do you know the way to Kumite? Is that the same song? I think. No, that's a separate song as well. (laughs) I don't know. Do you know the way to Kumite? Damn it. Okay. I could have done a better job. It's true. Yes, I mean, it doesn't matter in the end. 
You still won. You defended your begonias. Yeah, my begonias are safe for now. Speaking of begonias, sometimes you get flower seeds in the mailbag. School is back, but different. What's your favorite movie about schooling? Yours truly, Jay of Pigs. <laughs> so the question is clever. What <laughs> yes. What is your what is your favorite movie about schooling? Schooling meaning like people in a school? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. That would have to be either Summer School with Mark Harmon. Okay. Or Masterminds with Patrick Stewart. Uh, <laughs> Both worthy like, choices. It's it's die hard, but in a school. Like in a private school, which was right up my alley when it, when it came out. Those movies are both fantastic. Like, mm-hmm. just, you're like a 15-year-old kid, and you're a big fan of Die Hard, and this movie comes out about a kid who has to be Die Hard in his school. That's awesome. Toy Soldiers. That's not the movie you're talking about, though. No. But that's the same thing. Toy Soldiers is the exact same movie. It's kids in a boarding school who have to, like, die oh, hard right. their way in a situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. got Sean Astin. It's got um, Louis Gossett Jr., not my answer, but similar kind of movie. Well, what is your answer then? I don't know. There are a lot. So when I was a kid, I really liked The Breakfast Club. Mm. And I was like, oh man, high school looks crazy. And then high school was nothing like that. Like, look at that big two-level library. Yeah. <laughs> and so that can't be my answer. Uh, I enjoyed the original American Pie. I enjoyed With Honors. I enjoyed School Ties. But the only answer here is the simple answer. And that's the principle. You got <laughs> Jim Belushi taken over, you know, an inner city high school overrun by gangs. The end of the movie is him like beating students with baseball bats and riding his motorcycle around. Oh, <laughs> an yes. amazing film. Similar uh, is Tom Bergeron's, um, uh, or Berenger, not Bergeron. Tom Berenger's uh, the, the, the substitute. substitute. Yeah. Yes. What a strange genre of movies. Tough what teacher. weird power fantasy. Yeah. Is that. And I mean, the principal, I swear I've seen that movie 20 or 25 times. That was one on one of the local stations. They would always be playing it like Sunday morning at two in the morning. Hmm. And because I was out partying all night long, I came home, all watched a little of the principal. Um, but yeah. So. School of Rock. The. The stereotypical answer that you're looking for for me is obviously Dead Poet Society, which is a great and underrated film. Um, (laughs) Stand and Deliver. Okay. Edward James Olmos, Lou Diamond Phillips, a bunch of other excellent characters who grew up and became even better actors, which is one of those movies like you don't, when you watch it in math class in seventh grade, you're like, this is weird. And then as an adult, you're like, holy shit, that was actually a really good movie. See, the stereotypical answer would have been train driving towards screen. Yeah, aughts sneeze. (laughs) (laughs) Paper, moon. You mentioned like watching a a movie that has nothing to do with math in math class. Like I watched uh, the John Travolta movie Phenomenon. Mm -hmm. Phenomenon is how it's pronounced. Phenomenon. I watched that in uh, religion. So you watched that. I watched The Matrix in religion. <laughs> I guess but that eventually a, makes sense. Yeah. Like there's a connection. It's the perfect kind Jesus of. at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I'll correct you, Dave. Stand and Deliver works in a math class because it's about a math class. So. Oh, is it? I've actually never seen it. It's a bunch of kids in an underfunded high school in California passing calculus. And then their teacher 
stands and delivers. Gets sick and he's passing equations from his hospital bed scribbled on papers and like they're smuggling it and they they think there's a cheating scandal because all the kids are doing the math wrong the same way. (laughs) But it's because the teacher found a better way to solve the equations. That's how you get to new math. And that was the prequel to Dangerous Minds, which was... Which is the white the savior sequel. version of the same movie. Mm-hmm. Right, yes. which was the sequel to Freedom Riders with Hilary Swank. Which is the spiritual successor to Ghost Rider, but only the Apple TV version. Right, not the original PBS one. Right. right. No, you're talking about Ghost Rider with Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. Great film. Where he also plays a teacher. Do you know the way to Ghost Rider, Jose? <laughs> uh, do you know the way to hell? <laughs> it's hot. you. It's hot. You're the rocket man. You're the Ghost Rider. But listeners, we want to hear from you. Hit us up with your favorite school theme movies. Two hashtags here. Hashtag school flicks rocks or hashtag school house flicks. Mm. F-L-I-X. Good. Very nice, Ben. Pretty Very hip. good. Pretty hip. Bravo. Pretty okay. hip. So here we are. Another X on the, the calendar here. We got through Dennis the Menace. This was a big one. Mm-hmm. We survived this. Mm-hmm. So Good for us, because it was really bad. We should get t-shirts for surviving Dennis the Menace. I agree. We're like Hank Ketchum's kid. Like, this is our mm-hmm. Vietnam, you know? Oh I don't think God. I would go that far. I think that was over the line. I feel like more of a Dennis spill on myself. Great. Thinking about Mrs. Mitchell. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are gross. Hey, listen. When... The show can't hold your attention. You got to go perverted. The Dennis the Menace. Not that wasn't a fucking slight at you. Take it easy. God, listeners, I know this is a visual show. Shailen assumed I was insulting her when I was talking about how bad the cartoon was. You, you know how it goes. Yeah. You know how it goes. Any final thoughts here? <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, I hated this show. Mm-hmm. And what is rare and different is that when I was a kid, I was absolutely right. I liked the show as a kid, so I think that this shows that in 30 years, I've grown. Yay! I can recognize things that are bad. That's good. And I can still like good them. for you. I can still like them. Mm-hmm. You can still like them. Dave? You yes. brought this to us. You, you should get the last word. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for once again just going on this, this shitty trip with me. I know it was a, it was a bore. I don't think slog. I would say it was a bore. It was a schlog. Schlog. Well, the cartoon was a bore. We sure. we were entertaining. Yeah, no, we just oh, fucking yeah. killed it. Just, Holy just shit. lots of verve, you know? Yeah. Tons of verve. We killed the show worse than Mr. Wilson wanted to kill Dennis. Putting him on a meat hook. Yeah. Yep. And you can follow us. But- on meat right. hooks. Thank you. <laughs> 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 on, uh, on all those socials at WatchBots Pod. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play. For Dave and for Shailen, this is Ben. And, you know, we've set a certain tradition here lately and how I would like to go out. Okay. It's, this is really straightforward. Okay. I know sometimes we get a little convoluted. What I want to know, what I want to hear is Ringo Starr singing Desert Rose. But he's got this weird, wacky idea in his head, right? And he wants to be Ringo Starr, but he wants to hear himself mixed up with Nicolas Cage and famed star of screen and stage John Wayne, like 
all in this weird amalgam. And I think that's a good way to end it. Pass. Nope, not possible. It's going to be a long episode with a lot of dead air for me. <laughs> I, I, the power of editing means that I can I can cut all of this dead air out to get and to the final product, really, really sharp, yeah. which will sound great, and we'll start now. Here, I'll, I'll start doing Desert Rose. Oh, wow, 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 wow. I dream of rain, partner. I dream of rain. And doobly, doobly, doobly rain. Oh, that's that's Nick Cage doing the other part. Yeah, yeah. I got that. Okay, I'll mix all that yeah, together yeah. in the end. Yeah, mix it up. Multi track it. It's like a fine cocktail. Yeah, what yeah. a potent concoction. Shailen, I want to add one more, you know, maraschino cherry on top. What would Jim Carrey say? Nothing. He would say nothing uh, about it. Uh, don't go in there. Woo. Huh? Is that good? That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> stop me from going to the Ray Finkel. Lace is out. <laughs> the Desert Ray Finkel. God, that song is amazing. The hashtag Sean Young. Goodbye. <laughs>